You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the zombies odyssey and oracle in the room i have rob yes sir andrew ben hello and grady hi odyssey and oracle is the second studio album by the english rock band the zombies it was originally released april 19th 1968 on cbs records it was produced by the group and the genre is psychedelic pop baroque pop and chamber pop and from all music review bruce edder odyssey and oracle was one of the best albums of the 1960s and one of the most enduring players to come out of the entire British psychedelic boom, mixing trippy melodies, ornate choruses, and lush mellotron sounds with a solid hard rock bass. But it was overlooked completely in England and barely got out of America until the single Time of the Season, called from the album, topped the charts nearly two years after it was recorded, by which time the group was long disbanded. Having worked hard for three years only to see the quality of their gigs decline as the hits stopped coming, Odyssey and Oracle was intended as a final statement, a bold last hurrah. The result is an album that is consistently pleasing, surprising, and challenging. All right, what do we think of Odyssey and Oracle? I think that it's better than Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh boy, uh, leading right out with it. <laughs> I don't give a shit what which one's better. They're both good albums. I was going to say it almost feels like a perfect album. As perfect as an album could be. Both, and then there's The Butcher's Tale. <laughs> both in... I think that... I like that. That, that like fits it. perfectly in there. Yeah, I think it... Each song has a specific place, and it's... I feel like it's the most thought-out thought structure, and they, they just... Complete it. They they do it completely right, and they get it. Everything how, they're trying to do, they succeeded. How much of that do you think is related to them knowing going into the studio that was going to be the last thing they did together? Probably a lot. Yeah. I think they went for it, and they had the right studio going into Abbey Road's recording with... Right after the Beatles. Right after the Yeah, right after Beatles. I feel like it was already set up in their favor the stars were aligning in their mm-hmm. favor to make an amazing record. And they said, let's just go for it. But they had the songwriting chops. The playing's amazing. The singing's beautiful. The lyrics are great. I mean, everything comes together in, there's only one song that is sort of a repeated uh, theme from a uh, cell 1944. What is it? It's Care like, of cell 44. Yeah. Yeah. But the, on the second side, there's one song that has a, a similar theme. 
I want her, she wants me. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it uh, it just has like a similar theme, but other than that, I mean, the whole album I think is I, wonderful. Well, I mean, I, I it's it's crazy just how like literally every single song on here you know like it's just it's ingrained in in everything like i i i didn't like when i first started listening to the zombies i didn't know i was listening to the zombies like consistently but when i picked up this record i was like holy shit every fucking song really that that, that's crazy um they didn't they practiced so much before going into the studio because they didn't have a they didn't have the money to do very much, time much of anything. Like uh, on the on the first track, I mean, you can kind of tell it. Just there's like there's one fuck up on the harpsichord, like right around a minute and thirty three, and they couldn't go back and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> like that that's the, that was the time crunch they were under. Um, and I, I, the the best story I read about it, or one of the sadder stories I've read about it. There are so many sad stories <laughs> on this, but they uh, they they mixed it in mono. And they presented it to, uh, was it Capital? Um, uh, CBS in America. I don't know yeah. what it was in, in well, Europe. Wh- whoever, well, I think, I think it must have been CBS then. It was CBS, uh, yeah. the, we're, we're just like, now nah, we need stereo. <laughs> and so, like, they had to go out of pocket with their own money. The one and, guy did, yeah, right? And, and tried to, like, do this, like, stereo mix, which just doesn't... It's it, better it in mono. It is not good, yeah. comparatively. And, yeah, um, uh, I... Uh, th- this is this is consistent listening for me, so I'm 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 going to shut up now and uh, let the rest of the panel have their say. <laughs> Anyone else notice that the the title is misspelled? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like by the artist. Let right, me tell but... you though, as a as a graphic artist, as someone who does that, that happens to me all the time because I will be so invested in the design of it that I will just be like, all right, that's not spelled correctly at all. <laughs> as, as also a graphic artist. This is how kind of I imagined it went down. The guy probably, he's working on it, and he does it, and he presents it to them, and one of them's like, oh, that's not how you spell Odyssey. And he's like, oh, shit, you're right. Dude, guys, I can fix this for you. Let me let me fix this for you. And they're probably like, dude, we're breaking up. I know. <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they, they ended up saying it was an intentional misspelling yeah. like a little bit later because they oh, couldn't that's the afford Oracle. it. Yeah, they couldn't afford to get it done, redone. What one thing that stands out to me is just how rich and full it sounds on being a pretty. I mean, the, the limited budget and the time crunch, and I think limited instrumentation too. I mean, they had the Mellotron that was left over from the Beatles session, um, but they didn't have like. A whole bunch of like orchestral instruments or anything like that. It's mostly yeah, they, they couldn't afford it. I think they brought in a uh, uh, a cellist at one point in yeah. time, but that track or that particular track never made it like anywhere, or at least that cut of it. I mean, um, so much of it is. I mean, the Mellotron fills in a lot, but the the vocal harmonies are just pristine. Yeah. throughout. It's yeah, incredible. if they wouldn't have been tight when they got in the studio, I feel like that that could have just broken it. It, it wouldn't right? have worked. Yeah. yeah. At least not nearly as well. I mean, the, the songs are obviously very well crafted and, you know, interesting. I mean, you mentioned the, the keyboard players' jazz tendencies. They let them explore a bit more. Um, so, you know, you're not talking just your one, four, five or, you know, uh, sort of stuff. So, uh, which, is, which is great. Like, the, the, the keyboard, well, the, the lushness and, like, everything that's going on with it. But, like, they, they pared it down for a rose from Emily just to the piano 
and like a couple of vocal tracks, which I going into it, like I knew the song, but when I sat down to re-listen to it, I was like, holy shit, this is just piano sure. and, and yeah. vocals. Like they, they, they can do it like stripped down just fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, Ron Argent was the, he wasn't the, the lead singer. He sang backup, but he was the primary songwriter and he's the keys player. So that lends itself to these like keys driven melodies. And you were saying like the jazz tendencies and stuff like that. I like that there's two two organ solos in time of the season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> yeah, and oftentimes, or uh, a couple of different songs, oh, one song, and I don't even remember the name of it, my bad. Uh, like, the piano's coming in the left ear, like, crisp and clean, and then, like, in the background of the right ear, just, like, a little bit behind with, like, a chorus on it, mm. just to, like... Try to fill it in a little bit more. Well, there's that effect that at the very end of Rose for Emily, when the keyboard sort of does this final little lick, and uh, there's like a suspended chord, and it's some sort of a chorusy effect that's hmm. on, on those pianos, like a slap backy almost reverby thing. I don't know. Um, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so a butcher's tail. Uh... Yeah. What's your problem with butcher's tail? I don't have a problem with it. I just don't like it that much. Do you know that that was the single that Columbia <laughs> yes, pushed that, in that, America? Okay, oh, so Al Cooper gets right. the album. Your boy Al Cooper. Yeah, your boy Al Cooper <laughs> gets the album. He realizes... He buys it in London. Yeah, he realizes yeah. it's brilliant because it is. Mm-hmm. Comes back, he convinces Columbia to release it in America, and the Columbia picks out Butcher... Mm-hmm. Because the Vietnam War, yes. yeah. solo voice and yeah. chord organ. <laughs> he brings it back because yeah, they weren't going to release it. Uh, like they thought the zombies were washed up. Al Cooper brings it back. He goes like to like, yeah, the head of CBS. He's like he's like hands on the record. He goes, I hear at least three singles on it. Yeah, and hands it to him. And they're like, cool. So Butcher's Tale lead, lead <laughs> off lead off single. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the them hippies like their uh, they like them records. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll just try to get with the them peaceniks. <laughs> On the topic of the butcher's tale, this seem there seems to be a theme in British psych rock bands. Do they all need to have at least one song uh, inspired by World War One? I? I think every single one of them <laughs> who some, still had grandfathers coming of... back were just shell shocked. And like, like if it's it, not a full concept album, yeah. it's at least a song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it even goes into uh, like Iron Maiden a little bit later on. Like, uh, I mean, Pink Floyd. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. I mean, I, I guess, I guess the 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 bombing was a <laughs> was a real to do. Oh, some wars. They were they're kind of harrowing. They're a little tragic over there. Yeah, apparently, it was it was just a real tough time. <laughs> Sounds like a real mess. Here at last, the sky is overcast, and no one brings a rose for Emily. She watches her flowers grow, while lovers come and go to give each other roses from her tree, but not a rose for. So you guys know about the fake zombies? I know about the fake zombies and the fake animals. So uh, 
time of the season was was a smash hit in early 1969, and there's no more zombies, and there is the there is a a supply and demand. There's a demand for the for the zombies. Like the kids want to see people on a stage playing their songs, so there are like multiple different illegitimate zombies. Not at all sanctioned by anyone who has anything to do with the zombies. Totally, totally illegal. Totally illegal. <laughs> Unsanctioned zombies. <laughs> just traveling around. Basically, they would play time of the season, and then they would just like riff on the blues for an hour. And be like, we were the zombies. One of these bands of the fake zombies uh, involved Dusty Hill and Frank Beard. Yeah, there were, there were two zombies. There was the Texas zombies and the Michigan zombies. <laughs> the best part about the Texas zombies is that they were only a four-piece and someone came up to him and was like, "Hey, uh, where's the keyboardist? Uh, where's the keyboardist for the zombies? Like some uber fucking nerd." And they're like, "Oh yeah, he got busted back in Dallas and is in jail." And they're just like, "Burn no no no," and just fucking like start doing blue shit again. So the Texas zombies, I guess, break up and become ZZ Top. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think ZZ might might be a uh, like zombie zombie, and then whoever the Top is. Uh, I always, I always assumed it was. Uh, name the two most popular brands of cigarette play, uh, papers you can think of. Zigzag. Oh and yeah. Top. And they liked a lot of weed. Man, that it's like peeling an onion, man. <laughs> layers and layers. Uh, but yeah, whoever the genius who came up with the idea of having two illegal zombies bands <laughs> did the same thing with the animals really? out of Michigan and the lead singer of the animals showed up to their show <laughs> with bikers <laughs> and chased them off the stage. This Eric Burden, he relocated to San Francisco like around that time. So he's he, there's not an ocean separating him anymore. <laughs> And I guess, yeah, the San Francisco scene. Oh, yeah. It was probably the Hells Angels. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, Bikers chase them off. And the the other thing about the, the fake zombies is, like, um, they started to get, like, they started charting again. And so, like, the radio stations were playing and, like, doing this thing. And uh, who's the lead singer of the zombies? Or who, who's the main guy in the, from the zombies? Argent. Ron Argent. Ron Argent. He was calling into the radio shows and being like, nah, man, like... Those are the fake, like, the real zombies broke up like a year and a half ago. Those are fake zombies. And the radio DJs were just like, yeah, but you might be fucking around, so who's to say who's the real zombies? <laughs> Which is why the zombies got back together and started playing again to prove that the two other touring zombies weren't the real zombies. Uh, oh, they didn't get paid a fucking dime, man. <laughs> But aside from that, like, yeah, this is a perfect record and everyone should listen to it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I mean, there, uh, I had heard a lot of these songs, but I had not, like, sat down and did the full to the album. record. And I was, yeah. I was impressed by, like, just how well composed everything was. Like, like you were saying, like, it was a really well put together record. And I don't know if that's because it was on such a short, like, they had to be really well rehearsed or if it's in spite of that, but... Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as a record. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot of notes. I mean, this is a yeah, it's hard gorgeous to, album. I it's one of those albums that it's just so good that you just there, there are, I'm kind of getting lost just listening to yeah, it yeah. because you just hear the melodies in it. It's great, great for our listeners. I'll just sort of drift yeah. off into the, <laughs> what we're listening to. I mean, the, I think the arra- I was gonna say one more thing. The arrangements mm. are 
just the most beautiful arrangements. I mean, how they present the songs in new and interesting ways that if they would have just played it straight through with, you know, a keyboard on everything mm-hmm. and that had these beautiful pauses and even like the Mellotron, some flute, you know, the, the cello, some just these little elements that they use in in, in very tasteful ways to bring songs uh, to bring out yeah, how, how beautiful the song really is. Th- thickens it. I mean, just the listening to whatever we were just just then. If had some of those vocal harmonies not been there, had some changes, of that, changes. Some of the other instruments not been there. Had it been just done straighter, which it you know very well could have. You know, without some you know whatever whatever studio work they were doing. Um, yeah, very well coordinated, obviously very well rehearsed, and an amazing to amazing effect. Um, Do you think they would have got that without George Martin sitting there and doing the... Was George not, Martin not the in the house? No. Yeah. No, I mean, he's... That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, probably not. A lot of... The, um, yeah, a lot of... But a, a few of these songs were recorded in a separate location and yeah, they, they yeah, ended up coming back to Abbey Road. Um, I don't remember which offhand. But. Yeah. The the only thing that I, I, I could say that like uh, I want her, she wants me, it's an okay song, it's fine, but it's it yeah nowhere near as good as any of the other tracks on here. Yeah, yeah just a, it just it's kinda, a nice little ditty. It sounds yeah, a little it's it's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Well, I kinda fine. liked how they, they went back and forth between just kind of nice little ditty, like more straightforward pop stuff, and then like the kind of more out. Like I thought that that kinda was reminds sort of me of uh, this album together. by the Beatles. <laughs> I think it's white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean uh, the Beatles? Does really. <laughs> anyone hmm. uh, have a, a, a favorite track? We all. It seems like we all love the love the album. I mean, I, mean, I the recession to my wedding uh, had a this will be our year. Oh, so, dude, mine so, too. So it's a, it's a bit of a <laughs> yeah a I favorite. I love that song so much. Yeah, it gives me all the all the warm fuzzies. Yeah, I mean, Carousel Forty Four is what because I'd heard Time of the Season before just growing up and not ever really delved into who it was or what they were about. Carousel Forty Four is the one that I listened to when I was a little older, and like it was the one that sort of brought me into the awesome, you know harmonies psychedelia and and everything else that this album has to offer so i think that one just because i'm a little biased towards it there i think it's strange too that uh time of the season i seen that right time of the season Mm -hmm. uh that was such a hit and i heard that for years and years you know it's one of those things where people would just assume it's one hit wonder, right? Mm. Because none of these these other songs really got out there or were like played. She's not, she's not there was huge. But I, I'm talking as personally. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it wasn't played consistently on classic rock radio or anything where Time of the Season got played on the oldie station or, or something yeah. like that. And so when I heard this album, I actually kind of forgot that Time of the Season was even on by them and i heard this entire album and it's the last song and i was like oh my it like <laughs> something just clicked in my head that was like that band right of yeah. course it's like when you hear those songs that people are like oh yeah one hit wonder and then you actually dive into their the right. full record and it's it's they were great. a lot like like nielsen for me where it was when i started 
digging into like the songs, I was like, oh, I know all these songs. Like, you know, I they're in my consciousness or whatever. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like put it like with the zombies. Like, oh, this is a zombie song, you know? Yeah. And this is just a collection of those songs, pretty, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this almost sounds like a greatest hits. like an accepted reason that this record didn't catch on with people or is it just like a fluke kind of a fluke the thing? Beatles I think is it like timing it, you think it, is? It, it came out like at the exact wrong time uh, for it to catch any sort of like any 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 buzz if I'm not mistaken um, 1968's not the right year to <laughs> it, 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 67 was the right year it's rough if you're sandwiched though yeah I mean well that was an interesting thing too is they recorded this there may not have been a push by, by the Brits. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't released. Like, by the time this is released, kind of like they're already having, like, the psychedelic come down, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and there's albums that, like, I, I, I hold this album, I put it right up there with, like, you know, like, Sgt. Pepper's Pet Sounds. I think that it deserves to be put on that same pedestal but yeah, maybe like even though it came out like less than less than eighteen months later, maybe that was too much of a gap to like for like that window had closed or uh-huh. something. Yeah, I don't know because they had they had other hits. It just seemed like I don't, I don't think the label well, had too, like, had much well, faith. I mean, in, they and they this. knew they were breaking up going into it, so they probably didn't put a lot of money into marketing or promoting right, or anything. Right, right. Yeah. This was probably more of a you know, the label was probably like felt like it was an obligation that they they're like, well, last album, who cares? <laughs> right. Gotta love that melo- that uh, uh, sort of theremin yeah. in the butcher's tale. <laughs> and, yeah, and you know, and all, all the all their the American branch did until fucking 1969 was just throw the butcher's tail at people. Yeah. (laughs) Not that it's a bad song, but it's, it's unrepresentative of, it's not a radio banger. (laughs) I think it's a radio banger. Your radio is a little bit different from a radio. (laughs) It just reminds me of, uh, they might be giants. They covered it. That would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And uh, Jeff Magnum copped a whole lot of the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. this is definitely a pre-Nutter uh, Milk Hotel yeah. album. Just in just mm. in how cohesive everything kind of flows sure. together and feels. Yeah, the only thing I could say about this record is find the mono version and listen to it unless there's like a really good remastered uh like stereo version because yeah there's it, been a couple of the, it the makes, remasters my, my god i've got they, a remaster right here i'm just trying to figure out which version it is yeah the uh this is stereo changes specifically on one of the stereo recordings it's just nothing but bongos in the right ear <laughs> and like the oohs and ahs like in the left it 
It doesn't sound good. I had a, a reissue CD of it uh, in college, and the CD, it's a 12-track album. The CD was 24 tracks, and it was the whole album in mono and then the whole album in stereo. And like being able to like really just like A B it like that. <laughs> I'd listen to the whole album in mono, then the stereo w- would start. And it did you did not get the feeling that you just like that the album was repeating again. It's like No, what no, no. <laughs> I don't like it. I feel like it took several years to get stereo down. They didn't quite figure that out. Well, that's yeah. that's the hilarious part. Yeah, we're not gonna release mono, y'all need to give us a, a stereo cut <laughs> to these broke dudes. <laughs> <laughs> baroque baroque dudes yeah oh zing all right so let's just go around the room did How's you say it? broke baroque dudes yes. yes oh man i love it Thank you. <laughs> how does everybody feel about it i'm completely positive i i think it's probably one of i mean probably one of the best albums in the 60s it's the best representation i think of this baroque pop uh psychedelic british uh kind of a album which is so surprising because the kinks the beatles you know like all these other bands but i feel like the zombies are right next to them on their level with this album mm-hmm. with this singular album they just got it right they got mm-hmm. everything right i think yeah I, think uh, I i couldn't reckon run this album enough to anybody all the time uh, i think that it's it's a perfect record and it's an enjoyable record. It's it's both of those things and that that's a that's a special combination. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great record. It's got a cool story behind it too. I think that like its place in rock and roll history is sort of an interesting thing, which you know kind of adds to the enjoyment of listening to it. Can't stand it. Never going to listen to it again. <laughs> uh, no, the opposite of that. It, it's better than Sgt. Pepper's. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, and uh, certainly a thumbs up across the board for me. Uh, definitely has a place. It, it it masters the Baroque pop side of things. Uh, the, the Beatles were not limited just to that, though. Um, and I'm not going to get into the comparisons between <laughs> the two albums. I, uh, I would just put an they, album they, to they album. Both, they both exist, and they are both good albums for different reasons. I put... I wrote down one note that I was going to share, and that is that I feel like they took what the Beatles were doing and they had the they were going back in time to what the Beatles had already done, but they were perfecting it in sure. a way. So they had already taken, you know, they're taking the uh, revolution, they're taking the rubber soul approach to music and combining that with their own ideas and sort of like refining that you know was the white album out when this came out uh this was released in april and the white album was released i didn't write it down Hmm. it's probably i think in the fall it's it yeah november Yeah. yeah yeah so it was not yet out. So they had seen what had happened with Sgt. Pepper. Sure, no, of course. And I feel like um, they took that and they sort of like went back and just sort of pulled in tight tight arrangements and cohesive pop songs. But had they seen Sgt. Pepper? Because this was recorded immediately after it. Would they have heard it? Mm. Unless they were there in the studio. It wasn't released yet. That's a good question. Because this wasn't rele- this was recorded months before it was released. Good question. They recorded from June, June and November. Yeah, you're right. So maybe not. But they still had the influence of the earlier 
Beatles records. Sure. Right. I mean, Sgt. Pepper wasn't the... But also, you know, like, their back catalog, like, they're not just drawing on Beatles influences. They were, like, they were contemporary, like, they were doing the same things at the same time, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, great album. Yeah. Listen to it. All right, next time we'll be talking about Van Morrison, Astral Weeks. All right, thanks, y'all. This will be our year Took a long time to come Don't let go of my hand Now the darkness has gone This will be our year Took a long time to come And I won't forget The way you helped me up When I was done And I won't forget The way you said Darling, I love you You gave me faith to go on